everybody. Welcome to the High Fade Society podcast. I'm your host, Rich Mastriani. Today we have a very, very special guest, a very close family member of mine, Stephanie Oriema. Stephanie Oriema is a five times NPC bikini champion. She's only been doing this for four years, won her first contest as a novice, junior, and, uh, and open champion. We are excited to have her on the show. She's recently taken up golf. And she's super ambitious and and succeeds in everything that she does. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Good. We have Stephanie on. How are you, Stephanie? Hey, guys. Good. How How are you guys? Good. You have a good weekend? I did. I did. How about you guys? Uh, I had had a great weekend. Spent some time at my uncle's house and then spent some time um, at the 5th of July at our aunt's house yesterday with your parents, which is always always an eventful time. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I wish wish we could have came. What uh, what did you end up doing this weekend? Um, So Saturday, it was my sister-in-law Lisa's birthday. So we went to a barbecue for her. And then yesterday... Yes, happy birthday, Lisa. Um, and yesterday, we, we didn't really do much. It was kind of like a relaxing, lounging day. It must be tough for Lisa. She has her birthday. Lisa's birthday. Louie's wife, Chris. Yeah. Her birthday's on the 4th of July, obviously, every single year. A uh, little overshadowing. I guess it's yeah. overshadowing, or it's, um, or it's great that you get fireworks on your birthday every year. I actually, in my opinion, I was saying how I'm I'm jealous of everybody's birthday who's on Fourth of July. I think it's such a great birthday to have. I would I'd love to have that birthday. It's my favorite holiday of the year. My wife and I got married on July third. Obviously, we couldn't do it. We weren't going to do July fourth to ruin everybody's yeah. plans. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's a great time of the year. Everybody's excited. Everybody's ready to have a good time, and uh, it makes for a good celebration altogether. Um, yep, I agree. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, everyone, Stephanie is um, my cousin, uh, full transparency here. And, uh, Steph, you've recently, I want to say, how, how long have you been in bodybuilding now? Um, this would have been my fourth year competing, but due to the whole coronavirus situation, I decided to just take this complete year off, uh, this year completely off. So this would have been my fourth year um, competing this yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. So with with COVID and everything, is but are the bodybuilding events still being held or how is that being handled? Yeah, so in New Jersey, as of right now, no, um, due to, you know, the phase that our state is in. But in other states, I do know that they just held, like, the first show, I think maybe two weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure – exactly what they I want to say Oklahoma but sure. I know the first the first show just took place um and they're slowly you know picking up in other areas yeah what's the name of the show that you competed or the the, the league or I'm not even sure what it would be called so I yeah so I compete in the MPC league um and then on that level they have regional shows and then national shows as well where you earn your pro card and then once you earn your pro card you move on to compete professionally in the ifbb pro league okay and so you're i don't want to say you're a few steps i don't know how many steps you are from getting to that pro league but you've certainly had have had some success uh within the mpc ranks is that 
Yep. So I've done a total of nine shows, I believe. Um, seven of them were regional shows, which they were local. Um, I traveled a little bit. I, I did travel to Boston for my first show. Um, and then two out of the nine shows were national shows um, where I did, you know, compete for my pro card. And um, top two, the way it works is top two in every height class earn their pro card. So that's how you earn it. For sure. For sure. So, Chris, to give you some background on this, uh, Stephanie just one day uh, stepped up and we all heard that she was going to be competing in a, in a bodybuilding event. And our whole family was there to support her. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was excited about it. And th- it, there's some family history in bodybuilding, specifically in Stephanie's family. Uh, do you want to go into that, Steph? Yes. Yeah, so my dad um, actually won Mr. New Jersey back, I believe, when he was 20, maybe 21 or 22 um, in bodybuilding. He he competed for a couple of years. And um that, you know, that definitely sparked an interest in it for me. And I've always been into fitness, but I remember back in college, I graduated college um, May 2016. And during that year um, is when I really I thought so about, right <laughs> <laughs> no, it, back in 2016, that's when I thought about competing, but I had a lot going on with school and working. And I just thought adding a, a prep would be you know, way too much at the time. So when I, you know, when I did graduate, I told myself, you know, eventually I'm going to step on stage. Um, And then come January 2017, I believe I I was talking with my friend. Hey guys and gals, thanks so much for tuning in. This is going to be two seconds. We just have a special favor to ask of you. You know, Chris and I are trying to grow our podcast as much as possible. What would really help is if after you finish listening to this podcast, if you could go to Apple Podcasts and write a review on us, leave us a star rating. That certainly helps us grow our audience as much as possible. Please do so. Apple Podcasts, write a review. Now get back to the show. Thank you. Diana, who at the time had competed once, um, and she was telling me about her coach, Chris Villa, and um, that he was very great to work with and that, you know, I, I love working with him. So I just decided to rip the Band-Aid off and start a prep. And then ever since then, I've loved it. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, sorry, Chris, No, that's amazing. Uh, it, so since then, is that your – do you have a job? Is that your side job? Yeah, or? so um, fitness and bodybuilding is strictly a hobby for me. It's I, I don't get paid – from it in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I do work full-time on the, not on the side, I, I work full-time as an operations manager for an event planning company. Um, so that is my full-time job and, and bodybuilding, fitness, and the gym is just strictly something that I, I love to do. Yeah, and, and just going back to your, <clears throat> to your father's experience and when mm-hmm. he won Mr. New Jersey, I think I was actually at that event uh, oh really? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm not. I, I do remember being at an event and not knowing right. what the hell was going on. Right. I felt like I was there for for ages. And, yep. And then finally, he was on. Your father was on stage. I, I do remember that. I remember it being like this big auditorium. Mm-hmm. I might have been like four years old. 
That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's, that is awesome. Rich, how old did you say you were I'm, at I, that time? Yeah. At that time, maybe like four years old. I was, oh, like, okay. I was like super <laughs> young, but I do remember her father being like super jacked. I, I think I had pictures of, I had a pool in my backyard, like an above ground pool mm-hmm. uh, in, in my yard. And I have, I, I do remember having pictures of with him where he was like flexing his biceps, like the standard like arm flex and like yep. I was sitting on his arm. You know, yeah. like, and like just sitting on it, like, uh, like, like he was holding me up with his arm. He was I, at some point, I think he was 240 pounds of like, yep. you know, a lot of muscle. And then he would, he would tell me stories all the time, would cut down to like 175 down to like two or 3% body fat. His quads yeah. were the size of my waist. They were enormous. You know, he was, he was, he was certainly super competitive and super ambitious there. Um, and I think there's a, a, a a story that we do want to touch on, Steph, but I, I certainly want to hear more about you. So, go. But going back to high school, were you an athlete in high school in Austin? Yeah. So, growing up, I I was always into sports. I definitely, you know, as as a kid, I I wanted to try them all, and which I did. I I tried soccer. I I did basketball for a little bit. I did softball. Um, and then I the sport I ended up sticking with that I did since you know, third grade was cheerleading. So I was a cheerleader from third grade through college. Um, And I also really wanted to try volleyball in high school, but I never got a chance to because it was always the same season as cheerleading. So that was the sport that I, you know, definitely stuck with and loved. Were you in competitive cheerleading? Yep, I was. So in high school, we, we did compete. And then through college, I competed as well. What what college did you go to? I went to William Patterson University nice. in Wayne. For sure. So you you've been pretty athletic your your entire life. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that you're more equal or less athletic than your brother? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Wait, I have to think about this because he was very, very good in baseball. Um, he was a good football player when he was yes, younger, too, but he dropped yeah, it. Yeah, he dropped it, and he, he took on baseball, but I'm going to have to go with more athletic than more Lily. Athletic. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, Chris, I, I think you you want to hear this question as well. Steph, being that you, you've begun to take up golf, and we'll certainly get back into your, your bodybuilding experience, mm-hmm. if you played golf as much as your brother Louie plays, who would be the better golfer? <laughs> okay. I also think that answer is me. Yeah. <laughs> That's I awesome. Mean, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, we'll get, you know, we'll get into golf and like, I, I'm still learning so much about golf, but for, for the amount of the few amount of times that I've played, I, I think I, I have what it takes to be, you know, pretty good. But, I mean, let, let's get into golf. You know, we could we could start talking about golf. We'll certainly segue back to your bodybuilding experience. Okay. What has I know you've recently taken up golf. Um, we see we see you posting on Instagram uh, mm-hmm. all the time, and I mean, are you taking golf for the fashion aspect of it, or are you taking golf for the sport and the athletic uh, aspect of it? Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the the sport and you know, the athleticism that comes along with it. I mean, in the beginning, I just, I took it up because, you know, it was during quarantine and it was 
the first thing that opened up and my boyfriend Jake um, who I know you guys had on the podcast last week or two weeks ago um, he wanted to get into golf so you know one of the times he went he was like why don't you just come with me Um, you can borrow my mom his mom had an old set of clubs that you know fit me perfect so I was like sure why not why not try golf and um ever since then then I love it and I was just telling him that I love that one of the things that I love about it is that you can play with a more experienced player even though you're brand new and it's it's still fair like that's the one thing that I do love about golf yeah that's a good I think that's a good point that you bring up is that you know one of the things or one of the barriers to entry in golf is the intimidation factor of playing with people that don't know, that know what they're doing. Right. Right. Such as myself, your brother, but sometimes me, myself, I'm like a, what's called a high handicapper playing mm-hmm. with somebody who's really good. Like Chris, there's some stress that comes to that. Like if I get, if I go out with a new group of guys and they're all super low handicaps, and mm-hmm. I'm a high handicap, there's a certain level, like I have to up my game that day. Right. right. So I have to, right. like, you know, I have to be like extra focused and that intimidation factor certainly exists. How, how have you gotten over that, that intimidation? Do you kind of just jump right into everything, like rip the bandaid off and you know, have yeah. like your type of approach or? Yeah, I kind of, I, I feel like that's how I went about golf too. I, the first time we, I, I ever went out with Jake, we went to Twin Willows, the par three in Lincoln Park. And I will say I was a little nervous, you know, hitting that that first ball, you know, people are standing right there waiting to to go after you. Um, But after I want to say after like the first two holes, you kind of just don't really care what anyone's thinking anymore. And then I come to realize that everybody's doing the same thing. And, you know, nobody's a, a professional there. And even even the professionals make mistakes sometimes. So it's really not that big of a deal. And I think I'm definitely learning along the way. Yeah. And then you also look around and you see that everyone really stinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's in the bushes, who's in the the bunker. It's, right. Everybody makes mistakes. So have, what have you playing on, on um, mostly par three courses at the moment? How, mm-hmm. Have you, have you part a hole uh, and, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like several times. Okay. Well, so I've played at, like I said, Lincoln Park that that par three, and you know I've done I've hit at the driving range there, and then the other course that we go to is a pitching putt down mm-hmm. in Wall Township by Jake's dad. Um, so we go there a lot, and the thing I like about the pitching putt is the fact that it is eighteen holes. So it actually, you know, it makes you feel like you're doing a real course, even though the, the distance of the holes is, I want to say, maybe between 50 and 70 yards. They're not, you know, they're not very far. But doing the full 18, you know, makes you feel like you're at a real course. What um, course is that again? That's called Quail Ridge. And it's a it's a pitching putt down in Wall Township. Okay. Um, and it also has a driving range. So it's really nice. We We like to do that with Jake, Jake's dad on on Saturdays, um, but Jake decided to give me. We made a little bet last time we went, um, and he decided to give me eighteen points. I guess he, I guess Jake he didn't think. Here, Chris. <laughs> I did. Wow. I guess he, wow. 
I guess he didn't think I was that good, but in my head, I knew that 18 was a lot of points to give me because I'm confident in my abilities. And I ended up winning. I mean, and then the next time he's like, all right, I think you're only going to give you like five, five or six strokes. Handicap <laughs> <laughs> <Andy> reset. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at how many strokes they give Jake next time we play now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all, so I'm glad, I'm glad that you jumped into to golf, Steph. It's certainly, obviously, you see how much fun we all have oh, playing. Oh, it's great. And all the, you know, all the arguments that we're constantly in victory yeah. that we're constantly involved in. It's true. Um, going going back to uh, your your bodybuilding experience, so you came out of college, you, you had some interest in, in bodybuilding. Your father clearly was some inspiration as well. What and, and you had mentioned that you you work with Chris Villa and Team Villa there. What was the first? Like, at what point were you working out on like a regular basis? At what point were you like, I'm going, I'm going to go on stage in minimal clothing? everybody's going to analyze my body and yeah. you know at what point were you like I'm okay with that and what was that like so I think I think the moment that I decided that was literally the day that I started prep and I I want to say it was January 1st 2017 because I remember you know right after the holidays in December I, I contacted Chris and, you know, we were going back and forth and I was telling him, you know, this is my first time competing. I, I do work out, but not as intense as I think, you know, I think it needs to be. And I want to say at that moment, I, you know, I decided I, I'm going to step on stage. We even chose the show. So I, I had the show date in mind, um, which a lot of the times you, you don't have to choose a show at the start of prep. It's, you know, it's kind of almost better to not choose a show because you want to just start and you know, whenever you're ready, whenever your physique is ready, whenever you and your coach decide that you're ready, then choose a show. The shows are every weekend, every Saturday from March 30th to literally November 15th. So, so is, that, is that just your personal preference? I, I feel, I guess I'll just leave you with that question. Is that your personal preference to set something, a target to aim at its reach rather than kind of just half-assing it, half, excuse me, half-assing it? And just kind of, you know, playing it by ear. Yeah, I like to, well, that since that was my first time around, I that time I, I didn't know any different. So I was just like, yeah, this show seems good. It's in Teaneck. Let me, that's a show I want to do. And he was like, okay, we'll try to have you ready for that date. You know, and if we need to push it out, we will. And he'll be honest with you. And that's one thing that every competitor should look for in a coach is somebody that will do straight up, hey, I think you need another two weeks or hey, you'll be ready early. Do you want to, you know, do you want to compete earlier? So, um, but now I, I don't really choose a specific show date. Like if I were to compete this year, I would, I would kind of choose a month maybe. And then, you know, once it comes closer and once you look about maybe four weeks out, then you can decide on a show and, you know, entry mm. and enter the show and pay for the show. Yeah, awesome. Make, makes sense. So you've changed. You've learned some lessons from your first experience, and you've you somewhat changed your approach. You know what you should feel like going into a mm -hmm. show, and you kind mm -hmm. of been, and you have a benchmark set from your experience. Yeah. Tell us what was the first show that you competed in, and and take us through, maybe not so much the training, but just the entire experience at your first show. So the first show I did was called the Jay Cutler Classic, and that was up in Boston. 
and okay. my just to, sorry i have mm-hmm. in there jay cutler can you give some background do you know can you give some background on jay cutler because there's a very popular guy named jay cutler in football as well i don't want to confuse the two Oh, okay. Um, Jay Cutler, he's a professional bodybuilder. Um, he's competed at the, I don't know too, too much about like his stats and his, his, um, overall winning, but I do know that he has, I'm pretty sure he's won the Olympia, which is the, you know, basically the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. Um, it happens in Vegas every September. Um, and I do know he's done very well there in the past. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So he's good enough to obviously have a show named after him. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, Oh, no, no. Go right ahead. Tell us more. So I did my first show in Boston. It was the Jay Cutler Classic. And I did that show with my friend Diana. So my friend that, you know, introduced me to Chris Villa, we actually prepped together my first time around, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, I Again, I didn't know what to expect from a prep. She had done one show before. So she was kind of like my guidance and my go-to for all the questions I had, I had so many questions about what do you do? What do, what do you do? You know, who do you hire for your hair? What do you do with your makeup? Who, what about your, your bikini suit? Um, and I just had a lot of, you know, questions about prep in general. And, you know, along with Chris Villa, who I would ask these questions to, I had a friend to prep with as well. So that was great. Um, and we traveled to Boston together um, for the weekend and we competed together and then I think for that show, so I'm going to break down the categories a little bit for you guys. Um, yeah. There's there's open, there's novice, and then there's junior. So I decided to compete in all three because I remember my coach telling me, you know, why not? Your junior is for 23 and under. So at the time I was under 23 or 23, I can't remember. And then novice is your first time competing or if you've never placed first or second in open. So if you've never been nationally qualified, you can do novice until you qualify. And then open is everybody. So um, I decided to do all three and I actually got, took first place in juniors, which was the 23 and under category. Mm -hmm. I got first in novice and I got second in open. This is your um, first tournament now. Yep, this was my first show. First so I, I was very happy with, with the results. You, you and, have to you be know, happy. My, yeah, I was very happy with my placing, definitely. What, what did your coach think about how you placed? And Diana, what did your friend Diana and your coach think about how oh, they were, results? They were both ecstatic. They were, Diana was so happy for me. And my coach, he, he couldn't make that show, but he, you know, he was definitely there the whole time texting me, FaceTiming me you know, asking how I'm feeling. And he was very, very happy with the results as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's amazing. So you show up to the, you show up to this contest, everybody's your mother, your, your father, your father, mm-hmm. especially, I'm sure. Right. Your mm-hmm. brother's there. So, and your whole, yep. your, there's a lot of people at this contest. They come up to see you. We're all watching Louie's live streaming it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what was your expectations going into this? It's your first show where you, were you like, what during training where you're like, I'm going to win this frigging show or were you kind of like, you know, I just hope I, I just hope I get on stage and don't trip over myself. What, what was your yeah. expectations going here? I mean, I feel like the, I feel like walking in heels is like never an easy thing. And then throwing nerves and like, well, it's nerves and excitement both on top of it. I just, I was nervous about definitely falling on stage. 
Um, another thing that, that happens to a, a lot of competitors the first time around is you don't realize how important your posing is. So you can, you can be on stage and you can have the best physique on stage, but if you're posing, if you're awkward, if you're uncomfortable, it, it definitely shows and the judges, the judges know. Um, so I definitely would have told my younger self to practice my posing every single day and not just maybe the week before or the week of. It's funny because Jake said the same thing. He really? actually said, yeah, the exact same thing. <laughs> wow. He said he, he, his one thing that he did worse on, on his first uh, show was posing that he like got a couple words of advice from his, I guess from the wrong coach mm -hmm. uh, that didn't really know as much as his current coach mm -hmm. and that that's what they said to improve on was your posing. Yep. Because it, it definitely shows. On so, stage. so you you get on stage, Steph. You walk out, and is this your first your first I guess event? Is is novice or was it junior? What was your first one that you stepped out on? It's definitely novice. Um, okay. The first time I came out, I first, if I can remember correctly, I think it was novice, and then junior, and then open. Um, okay. So, so you, st you step out onto the novice platform. You're on mm -hmm. stage. You don't fall down, right? Success mm -hmm. wins for you immediately. <laughs> At what point during the posing, is it called posing session or during the event, do you start feeling a little bit more confident that you're in this and things are going well? So I think, okay, so the first, after they brought, they, you know, called us out, you do your, you do like a little 10 second individual routine, like by yourself. It's like front pose, a transition, back pose, transition, front pose, you wave off, you wave goodbye and you walk off. So after that, I want to say that I was a little more, you know, less nervous. And I was like, okay, my first time out is done. Now, next comes comparisons. Now you're up there, not by yourself, you're with, you know, four or five other girls, and they're comparing you. So they're making you do basically the same thing that you just did, just you're with other people. So, so, so they, they segment the field a little bit so that they, they're basically taking a closer look at everybody in smaller. Right, yeah, right, exactly. Right. And like compare, you know, they're comparing, it's called comparisons, and you know, they're comparing you. So they make you do that. And then they pull everyone off to the side, and then they call out the top five. So when I got called out to the top five, I was like, Oh my God, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. For sure. <laughs> that must be so exciting, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, you, were, you, were you like expecting to hear your name? Were you nervous? Were you, did you, in comparisons, were you like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to have a shot at top five. Or were you kind of just aloof to it and they called your name out and you were ecstatic at that point? No, I, I was not expecting it at all. I had no idea what to expect, honestly. But when they called, you know, hearing your number get called for, you know, the first call out, meaning yeah. top five, it's definitely the best feeling in the world. All right. So now you walk out top five. Who are, Who else is in this group? I want to say... I know Diana was in my group as well, which yeah. was awesome because we both got, you know, we both got top five in our category. For sure. um, and then uh, three other girls who actually, I think we ended up becoming, you know, we be, ended up becoming friendly with these girls. Yeah, so for sure. it was actually, you know, it ended up being a, a very nice show. So what does it, now that they, they call out the top five, is there another round of posing 
um, like how, how does how does it work once you get once they the top or they or do they give you the trophy at this point or is there like another round of posing that takes place? Um, so they call out the top five and they they move you around. You know they'll say you know number five switch with number four and and starting from the center yeah. that's whoever ends up in the box that's first place and then it goes left right left right so second third fourth fifth. Okay. Um, but they, they don't give you the trophy there. It's kind of like, you know, you, you basically know your placing and yeah. when they tell you to walk off the stage and then they give you your trophy at the nighttime show um, right. for finals. They bring you back for a nighttime show and they kind of just call your number out again in the same order that you landed in and then they present you your trophy. So top five walks out. Are you in the center or are you more towards the outside of the group or the inside of the group? Um, I think, well, for novice, I did get first and I, I ended up in the center and yeah. <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant. And I remember just that's asking, right. I remember asking, story, is that you had yeah. no clue and you were just naive. You, you chose I, the event. You didn't really I felt care. So you like, I'm doing it. I felt so silly. And then I, I remember asking my friend Diana, I was like, she's like, you just got first call outs. Like, and I was like, well, what does that mean? And she was explaining, <laughs> she was explaining it to me. And like, it was, it was funny. I, I wasn't, I didn't know what it meant, honestly. That's the best part. That's the best part of about being good at something is that you don't even know how good you, you actually are. Right. Uh, right. That's probably a common, a common thing. Yeah, definitely. So, so you take, you, you, you bounce off of this event. You come out of your first event, a rock star, pretty much. I'm sure in, in bodybuilding at this point, mm -hmm. you're probably making some waves, uh, especially in the local region. Uh, you step up in novice, the open and juniors, and, and you do fantastic. From there, you have, I think you said you had four, three other events from there. Uh, did you have similar success in all the other events? I did. So um, that year, I... I took a couple weeks off in between after the Jay Cutler. I think it was about eight weeks until my next show. That one was over in Wayne, over in Wayne called the Garden States. Um, and then I ended it for, for that year. I was like, okay, two shows. You know, I, I felt a little burnt out after that. Sure, um, it's a lot of work. So, yeah. And so I, you know, I went into an off season, you know, still working with Chris Villa. He, sent me a plan every week. I was checking in with him every week. Um, and then I decided to wait till the next year to compete. And then I, I competed again the ne the following year um, in March and April. I did the Metropolitan and I did the John Kemper Classic actually with my dad. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, let, let's um, talk about that. The John Kemper Classic with your dad now. Your dad was a bodybuilder. I, he might have been like 18 to 20 years at, old at the time. Mm -hmm. He's, I, I want to say your father's somewhere around 55. How old are you? Yeah, I want to say 55 too, but yeah, you don't know. He'll, he'll get mad if it's. Oh, if... I'm set, I told him I'm sending him the link of this podcast as soon as we're done with it because I told him I was going to talk about him on the, on the show. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know your father's age, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of years ago, um, so through all this time, it's been almost uh, so 20, 30, over 30 years since he's competed in, in bodybuilding about. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you were an inspiration or he was an inspiration to you. Um, tell me what happened there, because uh, he, he was definitely Chris. My Uncle Lou, he, like I said, at some point he was 
you know, 200 pounds with 3% body fat, 175, whatever it was. He goes 30 years, completely removes himself from the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, he right. was he was extremely extreme, like just out of shape. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm not even sure how much he weighed, but it, you know, he he didn't look like his former self whatsoever. Didn't even stay nearly in shape. And when Stephanie started doing bodybuilding, and he was he wasn't he was pretty much out of shape, like as yep, out of shape as you can possibly be. Um, he was you know probably smoking, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows how much at the time? So he, he yeah. So Stephanie goes on has some success here. At what point, I'm sure you talk to your father a lot mm-hmm. about bodybuilding, and I'm sure he gives you a lot of advice. Yes. Right. Um, at mm-hmm. what point did he start talking about getting back into bodybuilding? So I think it was after my second show, which was the Garden States of 2017. Um, and then into the following year, when I decided, okay, I'm going to start this again. I'm going to start prepping again come January. And it was like around the holidays. And, you know, we talked about, you know, doing a show together. And I was like, that would, that would be amazing. So we chose the Kemper around, I think it was April, April 7th, the Kemper. Um, and right he said, yep, right around his birthday. And then he, he decided he was going to work with a different coach. He, he wasn't working with Chris. He was working with somebody else that, I think he knew or, you know, had refer he someone referred him to his coach. Um, so he decided to start a prep and it was a lot of fun. There were days that like I would go, he works out at retro fitness in Belleville. I work out at signature fitness in Belleville, but there were days where I would go to retro to work out with him. And we're both, it was just a fun experience because knowing we're both prepping for a show and my mom was there with us too. And then we'd go in the posing room over at retro and we'd both practice our posing together. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, hopefully he can compete again next year with, with Jake and I, that'd yeah, be a so, good experience. So what, what's, um, what would you say the differences in style in terms of your workouts versus his workouts or just maybe his approach to, to lifting? It's very old school. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, but, but it's great. Like, I love switching things up. So like, um, for example, right now we are, you know, gyms in New Jersey current are currently are not open. So we have our, our gym set up. Thank you, Richie, for the, um, bench, the body by Jake bench, the the body, (laughs) body by Jake bench that you gave us. Um, so he shows us a lot of things in the basement that, that we would never, think of doing um and and we show him a lot of the the newer way to do things and and at first you could see he's very like oh like can't teach it what's the quote you can't teach an old dog new tricks tricks. (laughs) yeah so (laughs) that is my dad um but you know once we start showing him and and you know teaching him the new exercises he, he he's all about it your your father's and when he, when he says old school, just outside of like the lifting technique and strategy, he's just very old school in his presence as well. Mm-hmm. Chris, if you're watching this guy, uh, you can follow him. I think it's Lou, what's his uh, Instagram, Lou Oriema. I don't know if my dad. Yeah. I don't know if my dad has an Instagram. I know he has Facebook. Maybe it's Facebook. <laughs> he's on, yeah, on, he's on Facebook. Yeah, but he, he goes to the gym in you know sweatpants his socks like pulled over his sweatpants that's great yeah he looks like a box he looks like rocky basically yeah he's got the two two sweatshirts on i think a a, a beanie hat right scully yeah scully and it's you know it's 100 degrees outside and he has to sweat like that's his thing 
and he's lifting, and he, I'm sure the entire gym knows that he's lifting because it's oh, like, yeah. Rrr, rrr, yep. right? you hear him throughout yeah. the entire yep. gym, you know, <laughs> he's mm-hmm. that guy. Uh, and but, he still does the same thing in the basement. Nothing has changed. You, you can hear him from, from your apartment down in the I basement. Can, yep, I can hear him from the third floor. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I mean, you, you, your father steps up, decides he's getting back into bodybuilding, complete transformation. What was it like being at the show with your father uh, that day? That was the greatest experience ever. Like, just because I've, so at this point, I've experienced it myself three times prior to the Kemper. So I know how amazing it is. And I'm sure, you know, since he's competed, things have changed so much. Um, But just show day, show day itself is a great experience. And, And you're on this, you're on such a high because you, you know, you've worked 16, 12 weeks to get here. And it's just like, your, your moment is here, you know, whether you place or not, like all your hard work is done and you're, you're so proud of yourself. And I feel like to experience that with my dad and for both of us to have that feeling, it was a, a great experience. And just being backstage with him and like, um, you know, just hanging out and, and relaxing before we step on stage and eating together. It was it was nice. Yeah, and I'm sure it just makes every like your life a little bit easier to have somebody that supportive of what you're doing as well because what your bodybuilding is not easy right you, you have no. to be at the gym like how many times are you at the gym a week so if i'm prepping for a show um there's six out of seven days twice a day twice, double wow. session, twice a day plus your full-time job plus my full-time job so it, it does take a toll on your on your you know on your body definitely and mentally and mentally <laughs> physically and and then you don't want it to affect your, you know, your social life as well, because this is, this is just a hobby, you know, this is not your entire life. So well, it's, certainly, it's certainly going to the gym twice a day and, and then the diet restrictions that you have leading up to the show are, are tough as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. So having your father there come when you come home to be like, oh, I'm glad she's working hard and. You know, if he's listening to how your day was, he probably wants yeah. to hear like every detail of it, probably asking about specific details that no one else is, you know, asking about besides how can you only eat, you know, the, what are you eating today, right? Like just mm-hmm. like listening to the weirdness of, of bodybuilding and the stress right. about it. He's actually there to support it rather than questioning, you know, what you're doing or, or asking why, why are you even doing this, you know, like that. Yep. And I think that's super helpful for you as well, right? Yep, because he's going through the same thing. So he... He knows why I'm why I can't put ranch on my food at the moment, or like just the little things. Yeah, for sure, that, that's awesome. Um, so, and your father doesn't play golf whatsoever. No, nope. I, I can't even imagine your father ever being on the golf course. I can't imagine him either, and I I don't think he ever will. But that that should be a goal of ours to get him out on a course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, because... don't, I don't know if I want to be in his cart. Maybe not even. <laughs> There's definitely clubs being thrown that day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, awesome. So uh, now, now you've been in COVID. You're taking the year off. Um, what What do you? What do you, I guess? What is your motivation and what's behind you? You sticking with the program or or your lifting at this point? So my goal my goal since the last time I stepped on stage has been to, well, I should say the feedback I received from the judges um, was to 
build my lower body. So glutes, hamstrings, and quads all, all together. Yeah. Um, they said my upper body, you know, came in pretty developed. And, you know, it's just the, well, the legs. That... You crush those shoulders. <laughs> I see I... in those videos. I think because shoulders are my favorite body part to train that it, it shows when, you know, when I cut down, you can see that my shoulders are pretty developed. Um, so I have to learn to love, to love training legs that much so that they can properly develop. Uh, I guess it's not, it's not the training of the, it's not leg day itself. It's like the day or two after leg day. Right? Of, of course day. it's impossible. Like, um, so my, my goal right now is to keep improving my legs, um, you know, lifting heavy in the basement, in our, in our current setup in the basement, I can, I can lift pretty heavy. You know, we have, we have plates, we have weights, we have barbells. So that's, that's not an issue, but um, I think just keeping the, the end goal in mind every day, like, you know, I am still going to, I do still want to compete. I am going to get back on stage um, I think that helps me stay motivated, you know, yeah, during it, these times. It's it, it's certainly difficult. All the I, I run Spartan races and stuff. If you want a leg workout, come run on the trails. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know that that'll certainly <laughs> beef your legs up pretty quickly. The, yeah. The I I was training this year for Spartan races, and I was bumping up to what's called the Beast, which is a ten mile race, and then I was going to do a super. I was going to do what's called the trifecta, which is a it's a combination of a ten mile race, a seven mile race, and a three mile race all in one year. And I, in March, right before COVID hit, I was probably in the best shape of my life. I was running mm -hmm. like, you know, five to seven miles, no problem getting up to 10. Um, I wow. was running on sprinting pretty much on trails, picking up rocks, carrying them up hill, hills. I was working with a, a coach <laughs> named Brad Sims. He was, you know, he, he just loved pushing me. As you were getting better, he just made, you know, like he would just add more things to the mix and it just became a lot of fun. And once you start having success, success just breeds more success. But Mm -hmm. Once COVID hit and they removed the event and the events were canceled and they said they were moving them off, pushing them to later in the year, but they just kept getting canceled and canceled. It certainly has been deep motivating to me. I, I don't run as much as I used to. I, if I could get out there like once or twice a week, I am. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's, I think it, I mean, it's very impressive that you stay motivated without any shows on the schedule at, at this point. I'm very, I'm very, very impressed by that. Um, Thank you. What are we, what, what is your, and some question now is that you have Chris Matiri on on the line here with you. Mm -hmm. Chris was a Division One golfer. He was a walk on, but still low, super low handicap. Mm -hmm. He has the unlike most of the people that we play golf with, we don't have the ability to to describe our swing or what we're doing. We kind of just get up there and swing. Mm -hmm. Chris could probably break down a swing. What is the what do you think is the biggest challenge in your golf game right now? I want to say, I feel like putting is the most difficult thing for me. Um, and I think because it, it requires so much like focus and I feel like there's a lot of pressure on you when, when you're, you know, on the green and you have to put the ball and you have to hit it in such a straight line. So I think I need practice putting. For sure. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> putting is actually, I would say putting and chipping are two of the things that aren't something that you could just go up and with a lesson or two pick up. That's something mm -hmm. that you have to learn with repetition. Um, if you actually are getting into golf, I would, 
I would definitely suggest over the next year getting a couple lessons to teach you the fundamentals of a swing. Mm -hmm. uh, and within those lessons, something that a lot of golfers don't do is ask for a lesson on chipping and putting. Um, but yeah, even with a lesson or two, that's something you just have to learn with repetition and when I was young, I used to, my parents can attest to this. I used to chip in my house just for hours a day and they would get oh so God. upset because I broke windows. I mean, I would, I would try to get, I had stairs going up with uh, carpet and I would try to get the ball to stop on each step uh, up 12 steps. So like if I miss one, I would start again. So that's mm -hmm. just why I know how to chip now. And with putting, that's just something, once again, that you need to, it's a feel thing. And there, it's, it's really hard to teach putting because it's all about feel. So, Chris, would the, if, if you have to do something like in-house, no equipment, you're in Stephanie's type shoes, right? You know, she's very focused on other things besides golf, but wants to improve her game so she can enjoy a little bit more. What is something she could do maybe in her house? Is it just putting a cup at the other side of the living room and putting? Or would you add some some additional things into it, like maybe setting up additional cups that the you know the ball has to go through or something like that? Yeah, if you have a uh, well, I wouldn't. The cup thing is tough because you can hit a bad putt and it can be online and it would go in the cup, right? So you have a mm -hmm. backboard. What I used to do is I had a um, a carpet in my basement that wasn't too thick and it wasn't too thin, so it almost emulated a green. I would cut out a circle and I would try to get it to stop on the circle. Um, and it, the circle was like a foot and a half big, but mm -hmm. that would really teach you feel. So feel is more important right now in early stages than, than you getting the ball in line because you probably hit some putts that go halfway there. Right. And then you hit mm -hmm. another putt and it goes 15 feet past. I'm assuming right. that's what your issue is currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really just about getting the feel of getting a putt to go the distance you want and then following up to that, once you get a good feel, then you could put the cup there and try to work on getting it online. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good idea. I think definitely, like I said, putting seems to be the most frustrating thing for me right now. And I also have to say that I definitely need more practice with my other clubs like right now since I've only really done the par three and the um, pitching putt the only clubs that I feel like I tend to use are the nine iron the dual wedge and the putter so I need to get more experience definitely with the driver and all my other clubs I think before I can actually go step out on a real course which eventually I'd like to do that. I think you just rip the band. You just rip the bandaid and go there. I think that's exactly. The that. But I, I think it's great that you're starting on the pitch and putts and the par three. Like Chris said, um, a very important part of the game step is not so much what you're doing off the tee. I mean, obviously, when you get better, but when you're just starting off, if you want to shave strokes off your score, mm -hmm. focus on you know a hundred yards and in. That's the those are going to be the hardest shots and landing the ball on the green and getting it to stay there and then draining your, you know, keeping it to one or two putts is a challenge that every golfer has, right? Mm -hmm. Especially every weekend golfer. Um, and Chris, keep yeah. me honest here, of course. Uh, so keep, I think keep doing what you're doing. Focus on, on the short game. And if you ever want to come out with us and, and play on the longer courses, 
you know, you, you could do work with, with the, you could start using your driver and stuff like that, but and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep the game moving along and keep it fun for you. I, I think Chris, Chris and I have been talking that we want to get you two out for coming on the podcast. So we'll certainly love to take you out, whether it's on a part three or, or a longer part. Course yeah. yeah that'd, that'd be awesome. That would that. be fun. I miss going to those part three courses. I mean, um, you know, you say, you say part three and work on other club or work on other clubs. I think, for the first year or two, it's really good to stick to par threes and mm-hmm. understand the game and work on your short game. I don't think I, – I mean, my dad listens to this podcast, but we used to go to a really fun par three. I don't even remember where it is. The first hole was actually over water, um, and I believe it was nine holes. It could mm-hmm. be 18. I don't know. But until I – was good enough to keep up with him on that course he didn't even take me on a uh a course i don't i'm not saying you shouldn't go on a course i agree with rich like jake the other day he kept up uh mm-hmm. when he was struggling he just picked up you know it's really not a big deal right if you shoot 150 just you don't have to take every shot you could just keep mm-hmm. up and you know it, it i think people exactly ripping off the band-aids important as well mm-hmm. so whenever Agreed. you're comfortable yeah, more more than happy to have you come out, Steph. You're you're more than welcome every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Uh, as your cousin, your first cousin, I'm super proud of everything that you've done. Um, I'm super thank impressed you. with all of your success. Um, we thank you so much for coming on the podcast here. Uh, you had mentioned Chris Villa and Diana um, and Team Villa. Are there any other shout outs uh, that you want to give? Um. One more shout out would, would have to go to my supplement sponsor. I work with Blackstone Labs. Um, they are based out of Florida. Uh, the owner is PJ Braun. Um, and they're a great supplement company if, if anyone is looking to, you know, buy supplements to help their diet, to help their, you know, nutrition. I do have a discount code in my um, Instagram bio if you'd want to use that. Um, and we'll just, get that discount code for you. We'll put that into the, the podcast as well. Yes, thank you. And I think that's it. All right. Awesome. Uh, do you want to shout? Do you know what that discount code is, real quick? Yes, it's Stephanie Jacqueline underscore fit. Stephanie Jacqueline underscore fit. That's also her Instagram. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to my cousin, my cousin Stephanie Oriema. Uh, she is a five time NPC champion. That's amazing. thank you for sure awesome awesome work stephanie thanks so much for coming on the show thank you so much thanks stephanie have a great day you too everyone thank you for listening to today's episode of the high fade society podcast please subscribe to us on apple spotify and youtube and leave a review that would be fantastic it would be the best thing to do for us and help us get more subscribers to the podcast to keep this going hope you enjoyed it thanks so much for tuning in